Well, it is good to be with you this morning and to be able to celebrate Christmas Eve together. It's been a while since we've had Christmas Eve on a Sunday, and I have good news for you. This will be a shorter message this morning. Uh, that might be my Christmas gift to some of you. I am sensitive to the fact that we don't have a nursery and we don't have access to a lot of our normal stuff, and so we'll try to have a message this morning that corresponds with our situation. Now, I'll tell you the message this morning is going to be about shepherds. Let me begin then by reading Luke chapter 2. We'll read a lengthy portion here, verses 1 through 20 of Luke chapter 2. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Now, in the text, we see that God chose to make this wonderful announcement about the birth of His Son to shepherds. He could have made it to anyone. He could have sent angels to kings or other people. He could have announced this to the entire world, but He chose shepherds. And this is not the first time in the Bible that God chose shepherds. As you can see here, there are lots of people whom God chose for His purposes who were shepherds. Abel. First name on this list was Adam and Eve's son. He was a shepherd, and he offered to God a sacrifice from his own flock, we're told. Abraham is called a shepherd with many flocks. 
All of the Israelites, the 12 tribes of Israel that went down to Egypt in the midst of that famine were asked by Pharaoh, what is your occupation? And in Genesis 47, verse 3, they answered to Pharaoh, your servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. Moses was a shepherd, and after fleeing from Egypt and Pharaoh, we find him in Exodus 3, 40 years later, watching his father-in-law's sheep. And of course, David was the shepherd boy whom God chose from Jesse's sons to be the king. You will remember that David was not even brought before the prophet Samuel for consideration at first. His father left him out in the field. He was the youngest. He could only be trusted with those few sheep as his brothers mocked him later on. And then the prophet Samuel said, bring your youngest son here. And God chose the shepherd boy to be king of Israel. From this shepherd boy, God said the great Messiah of Israel would be born. And that's why we celebrate Christmas, the arrival of God's Messiah, the Son, the heir of David's throne. And when God announces Jesus' birth, he announced it to shepherds, of course, who are watching their sheep outside of Bethlehem, which was the city of David, the shepherd boy. So there's something significant about shepherds going on in the Bible. We don't celebrate shepherds. I've never heard of a team mascot called, you know, the, the Lincoln Shepherds or, you know, shepherds is not a powerful thing. I've heard of the kings. I've heard of the knights. You know, I've heard all sorts of other, you know, I've, I've never heard of a mascot called the shepherds. If something is going on here, maybe we could take a closer look. If you look at three of the names on the list here, in Genesis chapter 4, verse 2, we get a description of what Abel did. Did you know Abel is the first person in the Bible who is seen to be functioning as a priest? He is offering a lamb to God, and this is a priestly thing. You remember Abel was actually murdered for this. Cain, uh, his brother, was jealous because Abel's offering was accepted and his was not. And so Cain responded with murder. Abel is the first person that we see fulfilling a priestly type of function here. And then uh, we see Moses, who wasn't a priest. Moses, his responsibility was that of a prophet. His brother Aaron was told, you're going to be the priest. But Moses, the shepherd, was called to speak to the people according to what God had said. That's what a prophet does. A prophet tells people what God has said. Praise God, we serve a God who speaks. We do not serve an unknowable God. We don't serve a God who merely created everything and then lifted himself up into the clouds to see what might happen, but he speaks to us. Moses spoke to the people on behalf of God. He was a prophet. And then finally we find David. And like I've already said, David's job was to be the king. He wasn't the priest. The Levites were supposed to take care of that in David's kingdom. Matter of fact, he would have been in big trouble like his predecessor if he had tried to offer sacrifices to God. That's what got the previous king kicked out. That's what got the previous king rejected. So he wasn't the priest. That was someone else's job. And he wasn't the prophet when you read about David's life, you actually find David pretty frequently is inquiring of the prophets and the priests, what does God want me to do next? What does God... He didn't know. He had to listen. He had to hear. No, David was the king. It was his job to govern God's people, to be just, to be righteous, to uphold the law, and to lead the people. He was supposed to be a leader. 
It was his job to defeat the enemies of God in the way that God told him to do it. He was to model faithfulness to God at all times. He was God's man who sat on God's throne over Israel. And these guys were all shepherds. Shepherds were selected for these monumental promotions. And before God, they would be prophet, priest, and king. And the Bible says that in the coming of Jesus, all three of these roles are fulfilled in this one man. First, we find that Jesus is a prophet. In the Old Testament, as Moses is preparing to die, he's getting ready to leave these people whom he's spoken to all this time. And as he's preparing to die, he says that God has told him that there will be another prophet after him, which God will speak with with great authority. And everyone will have to do what this prophet says, and if they don't, their very lives will be required of them. We find throughout the Gospels of Jesus, he's not merely reciting instructions. Jesus did not merely come saying, be nice to people, and don't lie, and don't do bad things. But he is speaking with an authority as if directly from God. He is not merely teaching Old Testament commands. He is giving new revelation from God. He is speaking as God to the people, which of course is somewhat preposterous that a man would speak as God. And this is why so many of the religious leaders had problems with what Jesus was doing. They said he taught as one having authority like no one else, not just any kind of authority, but authority of God. They were amazed by what he said because of this. In fact, Jesus not only speaks the word of God to us, but he is given the title, the word of God. If we want to know how God would reveal himself to us, we need look no further than the person of Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the great prophet, but he's also a priest. Hebrews 4.14 tells us that Jesus is our great high priest. Why? Because Jesus has fulfilled the priestly responsibility of offering a sacrifice for sins. And what sets Jesus apart? What makes him our great high priest? What sets him apart from all of the other priests before him is that he himself is the sacrifice that he offers. All men and women, all are sinners except Jesus. He offers his own sinless life instead of an innocent animal on behalf of someone else. So it says that when Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice, he put an end to all of the other sacrifices of animals. We read in Hebrews 10, And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly these same animal sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, Jesus after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. He didn't stand up offering any more of them. One sacrifice, himself, the spotless, perfect Son of God. And that was it. No more after that. He sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever. Those who are being sanctified. You may sit here today and you may say, I don't feel very perfect. In Jesus Christ you can be. In Jesus Christ you can be. You may struggle with sin on this earth, but through the work of Jesus Christ, your sin may be eternally forgiven so that in the eyes of God you stand blameless before Him, no longer deserving His judgment, but inheriting a righteousness from Christ that is not your own. This is what our great high priest has done for us. He has borne our sin like all of those animals were meant to represent in the Old Testament. He has done that himself. So, as this verse says, that we may be 
perfected forever. This is beautiful. This is Jesus, our priest. And of course, we know Jesus is our king. This is how his birth is announced in Luke chapter 1. The angel Gabriel proclaims to Mary, Behold, you will conceive and in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, a king. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Jesus has not only proclaimed to us as a prophet the message of salvation. He's not only offered himself as a sacrifice as our great high priest so that we may be saved. He has ascended into heaven and will return to rule and reign on the earth forever as king of kings and lord of lords. As the song goes, and he shall reign forever and ever. Do you know that is a quote from Revelation 11.15. The seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. We do not serve an impotent king. We do not serve a detached king. We serve a king who has been crowned and who is sitting at the, at the right hand of God awaiting a return to this earth, and he will rule. Every knee will bow Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, King of kings, Lord of lords. Who is this man, Jesus? What kind of person is this? Well, he tells us, doesn't he? In John 10, verse 11, this is how Jesus describes himself. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Certainly there is no man of any honor or integrity here who cannot relate to this feeling. I wouldn't want to know a man who was not willing to offer his life for his family. I would not respect a man with any kind of integrity who wouldn't lay down his life in order to save his children, his wife, those who are near and dear to him. So when Jesus describes his character to us, he says, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life For the sheep. In this statement, Jesus means to show us something that we best not lose track of. We are precious to the Lord. We are worth dying for. A good shepherd would lay down his life. A good shepherd would not value his life more than the sheep which were his. Jesus was ready to die in order to save you, and he has died in order to save you. Jesus describes it this way in the following verses after this. This, this, is, what it, this is a direct quote in John, from John 10. It's not on the screen, but if you follow along or just listen, this is exactly what he says. This is how he describes his character. A hireling, he says, someone who's hired to do the job, Someone who is not the shepherd, someone who does not own the sheep, that's what Jesus says. A hireling, someone who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and he does not care about the sheep. So today, on Christmas Eve, let us celebrate this magnificent part of Jesus' character, that he is not a hired hand. Let us celebrate this part of God's character, that unlike so many other people in the world around us, 
God's interest in us is not tied to what we can do for him. His interest in us is not tied to uh, some job that he's been hired out to do, some task that he's been assigned, something that he's been commissioned to do for as long as he can. Nor will he run away when there is danger or trouble. Jesus is the good shepherd and he actually cares for his sheep. He was willing to die on a cross because his love for us is real. It is sincere. It's genuine. It's not fake. It's not the pat on the back and the passing I love you that comes with no obligation. When Jesus Christ loves us, he loves us all the way. All the way. God has declared this love for us and that while we were still sinners... Before we had any kind of righteousness to say, look God, I'm a good person. While we were sinners, before I was born, Jesus Christ went to a cross and died for me. That is the extent of God's love. And to this, Jesus adds in John 10, verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I am known by my own. When we say that Jesus cares for his sheep, we don't mean that he just cares for all of us altogether. We mean he cares for us individually. He doesn't just know us collectively, Christian people as a whole. He knows me as a Christian person. He knows me, Reggie Osborne. And he knows you. He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad or good. This is not Santa Claus. This is Jesus. He knows me. He sees my life. And as a shepherd would his sheep that is precious to him, he cares for me. What a blessing to have as Christian people. This is why we sing songs like, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. I can't tell you how many times in my life I have felt entirely and utterly alone. I know my wife loves me. I know my kids love me. I know my parents love me. But they weren't there on the road in some hotel, and I'm struggling, and I feel like everything is falling up. They weren't there that day, but I'm not alone. I'm not alone. What a friend we have in Jesus. This is Jesus, the good shepherd who knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. King David, a shepherd himself, remembered and understood this about God. And he understood the preciousness of his relationship to the Lord. And he wrote Psalm 23, which in verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Like a shepherd, God will see to all of my needs. You don't see sheep want, you know, sitting together, gossiping and worrying about, Hey, wh- uh, where are we going to get food next? Hey, what's happening? You know, where, are we, where are we headed to? No, sheep trust the shepherd and David understood this. He didn't write this as a young man. He wrote this as an old man. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm not going to die from neglect. God is my shepherd. I will not go helplessly through life. I may be poor. I may not know the way forward. But the Lord is my shepherd. And he will provide for my needs now and forever. And then he says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. See, I may not know where I'm going, but the Lord is my shepherd, and He knows where, I'm, he knows where we're going. We're going there together. Jesus is going there with me. The Lord is going there with me. He leads me. He cares for me. 
And he doesn't merely care with my physical well-being, but you see in verse 3 there, he leads me in paths of righteousness because he cares for my soul. He cares for my soul. I know a lot of people who would like it if God would just follow them around in life and take care of all their problems. But Jesus' concern goes deeper than that to the fundamental problem that all human beings have. Jesus' concern has to do with your righteousness before God and what that encounter will be like when you die and you stand before the Lord. That is Jesus' concern, every much so as where you'll get your next meal or what will happen when you get laid off. David goes on to say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You ought to listen to him when he says that. This is a king. This is a man who fought battles. This is a man who knew what the shadow of death looked like. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they beat me, they wound me, they hurt me. That's not what it says. Your rod and your staff. That's what a shepherd carries, right? A staff or... They are a comfort to me. Like the, like the sheep that doesn't want to go any step further, right? And you, you're tapping it on the back, right? I'm here, keep going. I'm here, keep going. It's a comfort, even in the face of death. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Here David says, the Lord God is his protection. In other Psalms, he calls the Lord God his fortress. In other Psalms, he, called the, he calls the Lord God his shield. David had shield bearers. He had fortresses. He had capitals. But he didn't write songs praising them. Those are all just rocks and metal and wood. All dust to dust and ash to ashes. Can't keep an arrow from the sovereignty of God at bay. But David knew who his shield and protector was. The Lord will not run away in times of danger. The Lord will not run away when things are going poorly. The Lord will not run away when your community is sick of you, when they're ready to move on, when your work is tired of you, when your husband or wife is done with you, when your children don't want to speak to you. The Lord will not run away. He will not leave in times of danger. He will not leave in times of trouble. He is a good shepherd. He will be with me. He will comfort me. And when it is done, he will anoint my head as a son in his kingdom forever. Man, I long for that day. I long for that day to look at the Lord after my life, no matter how it goes, and to hear from him, well done, good job, good job. Finally, David concludes, we'll stop here. Verse 6. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Friends, this is why the coming of the Lord Jesus is special. This is why we celebrate Christmas. He has showered us with goodness. You may not feel that way, but if you are a Christian, I know it to be true. He has showered us with mercy. He has brought peace to us through the cross so that God may be with us all of our days. And by his death and resurrection, he has ushered us into his eternal kingdom forever and ever. So it is quite fitting, I think, that God announced the coming of Jesus to shepherds. For in this announcement, God himself is giving us a picture of his character. He is saying, I have the heart of a shepherd. I'm sending my son into the world to be the great shepherd for all people. And this morning, we should be very thankful for Jesus.
And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and this all sounds like religious mumbo-jumbo to you, I assure you it is not with all the sincerity I can muster as a man, with any integrity that I have left, I assure you this is not. I know what it's like to live my life with God, and I know what it's like to live my life apart from Him. This is not religious nonsense. There is a peace that passes understanding that comes from knowing that Jesus is my Lord, Savior, Shepherd. I call on you this morning. If you have not trusted Jesus as your Savior, to turn away from your sin, whatever it is, whatever petty nonsense that would separate you from the Lord, just leave it behind. Put your faith not in yourself. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the good shepherd who's willing to go to the cross to pay for your sin, who rose from the grave so that we can rise from the grave and dwell with God in heaven. Put your faith there, not in anything else. Let's pray. Oh, Father, I thank you for the patience of parents with small children and people sitting near them this morning. I I know that it's unusual for us not to have the things that we normally do. And I thank you for the things, Lord, that we normally have because your people are willing to serve in these various capacities. Father, I pray that somehow, through whatever distraction people are wrestling with, with with noise or with the holidays or with family or with things around them. Father, I pray that somehow this morning the message of the gospel is clear, that you have sent your Son to the earth, that he is prophet declaring your word, that he is priest dying for our sin, and that he is king to whom we will all give an account for our lives. Father, save the lost this morning and let the believing Christian people who know you to be their shepherd Leave this place with joy and peace that surpasses any present or stocking or happy face of a child. Whatever joy we feel after this, let it flow from a heart that's been reconciled to you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.